Hey podcast, in this episode we talk with Bonnie Bonadeo. Bonnie's a lifetime salon professional and has helped thousands as a speaker, brand and marketing coach, and consultant for over 30 years. Believe me, she doesn't look like she's been in the business for over 30 years. Recently, she's been developing a digital connection that builds a solid brand that helps showcase businesses as value-driven and unique. As a licensed cosmetologist, story brand trained guide, emotional intelligence coach, business coach, life coach, Bonnie believes that investing time to uncover your personal and professional brand is the key to success in businesses. Through her career, she's graced the cover of Salon Today two times. She's been mentioned in industry publications numerous times and is a five-time international best-selling author and founder of Brand Me Marketing and Branding Agency. In this episode, we talk on recruitment, branding, expertise, empathy, and mastering the sequence of branding. Marketing is sales with a plan. So in other words, marketing is any tool I can use that will convert to a transaction, okay? Hopefully a currency transaction in there. But sometimes it's a follower or a lead Mm -hmm. or a referral type of thing. Branding is sales with a soul. How did hair come into your life? I want to know the story. How did that happen? I am kind of like the entertainer type of kid. And so I thought, and I'm, and I'm really good at arguing, which relates to our previous conversation of wanting to be, you know, a rock star, mm-hmm. um, an angry rock star, I guess I should say. And so I thought I'd make a really good lawyer. And uh, so I was like, that's it. I'm going to law school. I am going to fight for people. That's my genre. And I got into high school and I absolutely hated high school. I hated school. I didn't want anything to do with it. And then I kind of went to this, into this phase of, well, crap, now what am I going to do? And my friends went to work for banks and, you know, this is the direction they were going in. And I'm like, I have no interest in doing something like that. And I happened to be at this neighborhood party and there was these girls, these women that were just giddy and laughing and fun and playful and just had so much energy and excitement. And I went over to kind of hang out with them. They were probably in their thirties at the time that I was like 16. And, uh, and I finally figured out what they did and they were hairdressers. And I thought, Oh, isn't that interesting? Like that, I want to be that. Mm -hmm. I want to be that fun, exciting, vibrant person that, you know, uh, is not afraid to, you know, to, to be in front of people and to mm-hmm. talk to people. And so I checked into beauty school, my junior year of high school, went all the way through senior year of high school doing beauty college and graduated beauty college and high school in the same week. Bonnie, those women that you met at the party, did they let you hang out with them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like, <laughs> and, and now I had no idea that that was a fit for me. Sure, I, you know, yeah. like I had never thought in a million years that I was going to become a hairdresser. Right. Um, you know, and of course, that was only a part of my career. Sure. You know, 40 years of being in the career at this point is um, being a hairdresser. Kind of looking back in your career with hairdressing, what's been your favorite part? What's the thing that's most tickled you even after all this time being mm. in, in the hair industry? 
Well, you know, I'd have to say that it was probably when I got involved in producing events, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I worked for manufacturers, I worked for distributors. So I was down the product path. I worked, you know, for a specific brand and that was, it was exciting. I learned so much, but when I actually got to go work for the association for the beauty industry and start producing events, I felt as though I was a contribution to the greater good of this industry. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was tapping into the trends, the people, the problems, the resources, and bringing that to life for people. So that was uh, that was exciting, and it also taught me something that I a skill I didn't think I had very well, which was to really be more detail oriented yep. with my time and um, structure. A lot of people end up in this industry. I'm just going to mm-hmm. say it like that, right? I I and I, I ended up here. Now a lot of people come here through passion. A lot of people come here through, you know, multiple different ways. And then some people land here and maybe don't have the scope of what is actually possible in this career. Now, as I might've said in the intro, I met you in, at an academy doing a live speaking event where you were training public speakers. Um, And it was a great event. I was there as an attendee and it was, it was fantastic. And it left an impression. And people getting into the industry behind the chair may not know that that existed. You've worn lots of hats throughout your, you know, career in the hair industry and not everybody's that fortunate. And I, and I, there's nothing wrong with, you know, getting behind the chair and staying behind the chair for the entire career. My, my mom did that, you know, my, my parents did that, but there's a lot more out there. If you're in a place where you're starting to ask yourself what's next, Get, paint a picture of a snapshot of your journey because you've held a lot of roles. And I love that creating events is where you landed as far as like that passion uh, at that time. But, what, you know, kind of paint the picture. What happened between you getting into the industry and where you really feel like you're thriving in the moment now? Yeah, oh, it's such a good question. And, and honestly, it really is. It's like such a rolled out path. But when I actually graduated beauty school and I went into a salon, uh, I didn't know much, and uh, but I went into this really great salon that had this vibrant group of people that I kept asking questions to. You know, what what color should I use on her? Do you think that this is going to work? You know, should I leave it on a little bit longer? Is it light enough? You know, because at that in that day we were perming and pulling hair through caps, right? And I kept thinking, at what point do I actually learn this stuff? Like how, for how long do I need to be asking all my comrades these questions? And it frustrated me. So I started looking into where can I get educated? And there wasn't a lot to offer at that time. So I thought, well, I need to find this. And that's kind of what led me down the path to work for a distributor. So I started selling products so I could learn products so I could teach products. Now, I didn't know that in the moment, but I thought if I was going to be a good salesperson, it would be being a good teacher. And I ended up like being this distributor sales consultant selling products. And one of the product lines that I sold was Matrix. And that led me to actually go work for Matrix as an educator. And then I ended up rolling into more of the sales and marketing positions within that company and moved on to a few other companies as well um, to get that type of thing. And And again, it was that moment of, I didn't need to go back to do hair because I thought I'd figured it out. I realized I had the potential to help more people be better at being able to do hair and not be in that same situation that I was in. So from distributor, manufacturer, working for the association to then becoming an entrepreneur, um, 
totally failing. <laughs> and, and listen, it's an everyday thing. It's like, right. there's a level of success today, but tomorrow I could be failing. Um, but being an entrepreneur for the last 12 years and really having to, you know, have that grit and that, and that, that wherewithal of what do people need and how can I fulfill that? Yeah. Now I want to touch base on that piece because I, um, today I'm a success tomorrow. I might fail. Right. <laughs> but the day after that, it might be success again. Right. Could be, you know, Could be. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I think that so many of us are afraid to do that. I got this brilliant idea that when when the industry was going through mergers and acquisitions and, mm -hmm. and the one department that was highly affected by this was the education department, right? So artists, educators, they all just kind of were falling to the wayside as these smaller companies were buying up bigger companies and getting bigger and bigger. And so I had a lot of artists and educators at the time coming to me and saying, Bonnie, do you know anybody that's hiring? Do you know anybody that's trying to, you know, that, that you could book me with? And it, and it gave me this, you know, this moment of saying, Oh, I could be an agent. I could be like the beauty madam here and, you know, hook people mm -hmm. up. Right. Yeah. And I did. That's exactly how I started out. And in the first couple of years, I had a tremendous amount of success. A lot of people that were very supportive to it needed this type of assistance. And not long after that is when social media showed mm -hmm. up. Right. And when social media showed up, we all realized we could self-promote. We could just be on it. And these, this is really in the early days of it. But the minute that that platform became available, it was... it it kind of put me in a position of saying, okay, so I don't need to do, I don't need to play that role anymore. Right. But I did discover during that time that I was kind of the girl behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. And did I want to be the person in front of the curtain? Mm -hmm. You know, is it my chance to be the educator, be the speaker, be the coach? What I want to know is what's your role now? What do you, what do you, what have you been doing lately? All right. So really kind of where I spend most of my time is in a couple different genres. And this is kind of like, you know, uh, now that we're in a pandemic, because um, I used to do a lot of speaking gigs and, you know, run around to all the shows and do all that. So now I'm, you know, I spend most of my time coaching my clients. So I'm virtually behind a screen like this, doing individual private coaching or group coaching with mainly salon owners um, that they're struggling with certain operational sales and marketing elements. Okay. So helping them to be able to develop those skills. The other time I am actually in a salon working with my uh, fiance salon, Intrigue Salon here in Georgia, uh, and I'm the marketing director for his salon. So I'm actively in a salon, seeing the transition, seeing the nuances, experiencing the highs and lows of what's going on in our industry right now. I, I'm so happy that you kind of, I did not know that you were actually working with salon owners specifically right now. And of course, I know you and Jeff, you know, mm -hmm. through the hair industry and, 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 you know, uh, events club intrigue was an awesome you yeah. know thing yes. that Jeff yeah. uh, organized a few years ago. It was amazing. My question to you is what are the, what are the top challenges that salons are coming to you with right now? Like what are salon owners facing you know, I, I put myself out there as a coach to kind of create a little bit of a, 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 a branding difference than a lot of our other industry coaches. You know, I'm not, hey, I'm going to make you profitable or, hey, we're going to work on your numbers and get you there type of thing. I really take it from a place of, you know, do you have a strong brand? Because your your brand is your foundation for everything else that you're going to do. And, and now is the perfect time for us to really go back and look at you know, I've been in business for 10 years, 20 years, and I haven't changed anything. Is it time now to really look at that brand and your brand values and say, 
this is where I want to go from here because we, we get that it's working really hard. So mm -hmm. I say I'm a brand coach and what they're coming to me for is I don't know how to find people. Um, I need clients. I need stylists. So those are the two top issues that I'm dealing with every day is how do I find new clients? How do I find new staff? And then looking at it from that perspective, I think that they realize, you know, they might need help with uh, social media, they'll say, um, you know, oh, I haven't updated my website in, you know, in, in five years type of thing. And they'll realize that these are areas of opportunities that I can help them with. And of course, you know, a lot of my conversations right now are getting people to be digitally have a digital identity and digitally strong. Okay. They, they, we've got to figure this out. Um, and secondly is hiring. Like where are, where are the people, where are they at? How do where I find are, them? Where are they at? Yeah. Where are the people? <laughs> well, that, that's, a, that's an interesting question. So here's what we do know. We know that 2 million women left the workforce in 2020. 2 million. 2 million women. And that's Man. just women. Yeah. And that's just in 2020. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously we know that the pandemic is not over and we're still in this situation. Mm -hmm. So we know that we know that there's not a vibrant workforce out there ready to come on board. We also know that beauty schools had very low attendance over the last three to five years. Mm -hmm. And so what's coming out of beauty school for us, you know, as opportunity is less and unfortunately, what's coming out of beauty school over the last 18 months is a lack of confidence and a lower class of skills right now. Because well, they because they had the, they didn't get hands on. Yeah, they didn't they, get the hands on. And it's not their fault. And, nope. and, you know, there's so salons really need to understand that it's not just hiring somebody. It's training and developing people. Like that's really the business we're in. What, yeah, we make our clients beautiful, but we can't make clients beautiful unless you've trained and developed staff to make clients beautiful. Hey, salon owner, do you secretly wish that you had a stronger team? Maybe you had stronger leadership skills. Maybe you were actually able to achieve your financial goals or that maybe you would actually be able to take home a paycheck that's a little bit more than your chair money or earning your tips. Well, all of those things are possible. And unfortunately, too many salon owners go to work day in and day out, month in, month out, year in and year out, and actually never take home a profit. It is insane how many of you are in that situation. Listen, it doesn't have to be that way. I hang out with a salon owner named Brian Perdue, who's grown from four hairstylists to six salons, over 120 hairstylists at cosmetology school, and he wants to help you grow your business. So we're having our final four-day workshop. It's called the Four-Day Intensive of 2021. This one happens over two weekends. It's November 7th and 8th, and then the 14th and 15th. It happens on Zoom from the comfort of your own home or your own salon. The tuition, which is $1,595, $1,595, covers up to three people from your salon. So it could be yourself, a salon owner, a manager, maybe a lead stylist that's been growing into a leadership position. Now, what we teach on in this four-day workshop are really the four principal things that any business owner has to learn in order to be successful. The first one being leadership. You'll get to spend time with Brian himself, 
where he deep dives his philosophy and how he creates systems around growing leaders inside your company. So remember, you're a hairstylist development company, but you're also a leader development company. We'll cover the top strategies that he and his wife used to grow, like I said, from four stylists to six salons, 120 hairstylists. Then we'll hand feed you systems and processes that Salon 124 Group uses every single day to be one of the most successful salon groups in the country. Listen, you don't have to be trying to grow a multiple salon company to benefit from this workshop. If you're just trying to get from 200,000 a year to 500,000 or from 500,000 to 800,000 or 800,000 to that golden million dollar mark that everybody's trying to get to, this is a no holds barred event where we share all the secrets to help you grow your salon no matter the size. So again, it's November 7th and 8th and 14th and 15th. If you're interested, email us at info at 124go.com or you can go to the website 124go.com or if you happen to be a Kuhn salon talk to your Kuhn sales rep you can use your Kuhn loyalty club dollars business building fund dollars to attend the course so again 1595 gets you three people if it sounds like I'm preaching here it's because I really want you to be there if you need the help growing your salon if you're ready to take it to a higher level join us for four days we will pour everything we have into you Thanks for listening to this rant of a commercial. And now let's get back to the episode. I think that's probably one of the bigger challenges because even in our own company, you know, we've got six salons and we have people to come to the salon and apply for positions, right? We've got some people that, you know, fresh out of school that the only interaction they've had service-wise is either a mannequin head yeah. or an iPad. But their, their, their experience with doing an eyebrow wax is literally on an iPad, right? But you can't have a conversation with an iPad. You can't have a conversation with a mannequin head. So we're dealing with a couple of things. One, technical skills aren't where they need to be. And again, not their fault. It's just the nature of the beast. And the um, interpersonal skills aren't yeah. as yeah. well-defined as we'd like. So if you're coming you know, out of this COVID pandemic, you've got the traditional challenges we've always had, yeah. plus these two, a couple other things. You know, we talk a lot. We've talked a lot about the generational thing in a way where John and I, we try to remind everybody that, that uh, just because that's your experience doesn't actually mean it's the right one. Yeah. Meaning, you know, I now believe, and I didn't believe this at first. So I guess I should say this to kind of set some context. I now believe that you can build a clientele using social media, right? Which is mm -hmm. obvious. And you can also build a clientele without using social media. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm talking about a hairstyle. like both ways work. If, if one person has handshake skills, handshake skills still work. Yep. If one person has posting skills, yeah. posting skills still work. Now this will lead to my question. Recently, uh, somebody had kind of said, we're millennials and we don't need customer service. Now, I actually still disagree with that. Call me old. Call me bald. Hell, I am fucking bald. But. Oh, my but, God. I just noticed. Yeah. yeah. But, but I don't think that that client services, customer service, it may look different experientially, mm -hmm. you know, but I've stood in the in a Starbucks line and watched a 19 year old very articulately pick apart a person behind the counter for getting their latte wrong, you know, with, mm -hmm. with, with fierce precision. Mm -hmm. 
And so I know that person needed customer service. They wanted their drink a certain way, right? Like, you know, and so it may be changing, but I've, I've been to Salon Intrigue. I mean, your, your staff is about as hip as they are on the planet. Tell me about what that looks like in your salon, just because I, I was appalled when I heard the statement. And then I was like, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe there are some questions or maybe there's some changes. Has the salon experience um, as far as recruitment and, you know, all of that? Well, I mean, like any salon over the last 18 months, you know, we lost a lot of people and, and some of them were, you know, mothers that, that home, started homeschooling their kids. Some of them moved to different places to be closer to their family because we all had this value driven moment of, wow, am I happy doing what I'm doing? Am I happy with who I am? You know, and so, and it's, and that was okay. But then we had a handful of them that left to go into suites because they just felt like it was time that was their next step was time for them to be able to do that. And, you know, that's, that's like, like me, Christopher, it's like, you know, I will never agree with anybody that says customer service doesn't matter because, you know, clients are in demand, are, are demanding right now. And they kind of have the upper hand, just like employees have a little bit of an upper hand right now to an employer. And when we can't manage that kind of system and structure in an environment or culture in an environment, then you, you can't offer customer experience. You can't offer, offer good customer service. And you know that's we have to keep up-leveling that part of it. But we also have to do it being in with the times and technology as well. Right. I think one of the challenges we have as service providers is sometimes we assume that how the way we want it is the way everybody else wants it. Right. True. Yeah. Um, you know, I want a conversation. My hairdresser doesn't, you know, my client doesn't talk to me or vice versa. I prefer to be quiet and, you know, I want my clients to be quiet too. Right. Um, but we forget that everybody's different. You know, everybody expects at least a minimum, I call minimum level of expectation and mm -hmm. not everybody wants it the way you want it. Right. right. Well, I yeah. mean, now they can, you know, they can call up and say, you know, I want to be with somebody that's vaccinated right. or, you know, are you wearing masks? You know, now they can make these kind of demands with that. And it's, and it's really difficult for our front team, mm -hmm. you know, our frontline team to manage this because, you know, our frontline team are college yeah. students and high school students and stuff like that. So, you know, they're, they're learning these skills of, of trying to figure it out, but there's no easy answer to a lot of this right now. Yeah. yeah. You know? So when you are working with owners right now, your place is in, it sounds, it sounds like you're, you have, you have a ton of expertise in lots of different areas, but branding has become your passion and love. And that's your, um, that's your magic bullet at the moment for how you can help salons get, I'll, I'll say, get with the times in a way, mm -hmm. right? Have a digital presence. If you were to share one or two or maybe three kind of bullets or uh, ideas that where sh what should a salon start with that, what would they be? Yeah, perfect. It's, it, you know, that's, that's really good. So I, I, I have my framework for my coaching program that's based on this. I call it the SUM strategy. So it's sales operation, mindset, marketing, and education. 
and we break those five areas down as to where they need the most support. So obviously leadership and hiring would fall under operations. So we have to be able to look at, you know, what systems they have in place. And, you know, then we have to transfer over to, we have to campaign this out. So that falls into a marketing. We have to make sure that we have this digital presence that falls into marketing. Now we got to actually sell this to somebody. We got to like literally create it into a sales campaign. And a lot, all through that, I can tell you that the majority of time that I'm spending with my clients is mindset, you know? They're like, that's not how I ever hired people. That's not mm-hmm. how I used mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to just be able to do this and, and find, you know, five people knocking on my door, wanting to work in my salon. So mindset's a big category that I focus on along with then trying to educate them on different things. But I, I, I can tell you that it, it, it does fall back into, you know how they say like a, uh, a picture shares a, what is that expression? A picture, picture tells says a, a thousand words. A thousand words. Yes. Well, guess what? A thousand words is what's actually going to sell, not pictures. So we have to get better at copywriting because copywriting is where mm-hmm. algorithms connect to. And all of this is about words. So, you know, if I, if I do a brand audit with one of my clients and I'll kind of scroll through their, you know, their, their digital presence, whether that's social media, Google, my business, their website, these type of things. And I can, I can immediately help them quickly help them with rearranging words. When you talk about, you know, building that brand um, and mindset is the biggest challenge. You said, you know, I used to be able to do it this way. We can't do that. And maybe it's not that we can't do it that way anymore. It may not be the most effective. Yeah, right? it's less effective. I know internally within our own company, you know, we started um, doing Instagram branding in regards to hiring, right? Yeah. And we had 12 people come on board with our company um, the last eight week cycle that we had. That's We've never awesome. had that many people, right? Yeah. And the interesting thing was three of those people came from out of state, mm-hmm. right? We had one from Nashville one from um, South Carolina and one from LA, right? That doesn't happen, right? But but we're we're lucky in Georgia that we can take them on in a transitional approach, you know, compared Mm -hmm. to other states where the, you know, the licensing is a little differently. Right. Um, So it does work. And and you're right. That's that we're in a, you know, they say this is the great resignation, but it's also the great migration. So people are shifting Mm -hmm. and moving and we have to think bigger and broader. But if we did it the old way, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Right. If we did it the old way. Those three hires that we've got, and they're all three of them are, are amazing, wouldn't have happened. Right. What other things are new, new now and work better as opposed to the ways we used to do it? Like, what are some things we need to think about in regards to not just hiring? Because I think we're, we're getting stuck in the hiring funnel right here and right now. But you're talking about branding, big picture, right? Yeah about rebranding the salon, making it interesting, making it a place that people want to work, making it a place, I'm going to use this word, where people feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. Because that's how we got those three hires is because they walked in the door and felt, ah, I found a home. Yeah. Right. This is how I separate the difference between marketing and branding. So I say that marketing is sales with a plan. So in other words, marketing is any tool I can use that will convert to a transaction. Okay, hopefully a currency transaction in there, but sometimes it's a follower or a lead Mm -hmm. or a referral type of thing. Branding is sales with a soul. 
So branding is very personalized. And, you know, you see this, if you go on to any, if you go on, if you're on Instagram for, you know, 10 minutes, five minutes, three minutes, you can see that the people that have the stronger brands are the ones that are putting themselves out there first and their service products and company second and third. So there's like Mm -hmm. this, you know, master of sequence. Mm -hmm. You're going to, if you want to come work for me, you have to know who I am. If you want, you know, if you want me to do your hair, it's because you like me, then you're going to like the services and products that I use. And then you're going to like the company that I represent. Now it's, it becomes challenging because in a salon, and you guys know this, that we're a bunch of individual little brands in an employee type based salon, or even in, you know, even if you're like a booth rental type of salon. So it's hard to kind of create that brand identity, but from an employer based environment, you know, values, what's important to you as an owner has to translate to what's important to the client. You have to make that connection. And guess what? The staff is a fit anyway. It's a natural fit anyway. So if I say with the owners, you know, we have to like narrow down some of your core values here, the values, what's important to you, then we're going to figure out why that would be important to a client. And now we have a campaign that we can start putting out there to get some brand identity in place for you. And when you get brand identity in place, you've got clients that want to come see you and you have staff that want to come work for you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it really kind of like taking a few steps back and just kind of creating that foundational piece and then working it forward again of this is how we start promoting. So I, I, I do it in a couple of ways. I say that there's, you know, awareness, brand awareness. So, and then there's client attraction and talent acquisition. Mm-hmm. Like which one is most important? Where do we start? And really high level salons are doing all three simultaneously. At the same time. Yeah. 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 Well, you almost kind of have to, don't you? Because yeah. Um, otherwise, how else will people, you can, you may be effective at getting people to come visit you, but getting them to stay is a whole nother, whole nother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, whole nother that's a whole new challenge we're all up against, you know? You just sparked a question in me, which is when you're bringing new people on right now, what do you find they're looking, what do you find they're looking for the new yeah. stylists that are coming on board at Intrigue? You know, they always say education, but <laughs> right. Right. This is like the famous word. They say education, but you know, I've really had to to look at our marketing and how we're approaching things and mm-hmm. and taking that word and dissecting it down even more. Mm-hmm. What specifically, you know, would you be interested in? What specifically would? And then of course we say that, you know, they want they want freedom and flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, those are things, you know, a well-established salon that that has a lot of moving parts to it can offer all of these things. If you're a salon and you have six chairs and only three of them are filled, then you may not be as flexible to what you can Mm -hmm. offer if you have a high level of client demand right now. But I'd rather have two people working part-time than doing an ad saying, I need a full-time person to work Tuesday through Saturday. Like those, those are the, that's where words are important. Eliminate full-time, eliminate Tuesday through Saturday and just find people to get them to at least show up so you can have a real conversation with them because our URL, you know, our digital world, our URL world that we're having to work from now doesn't mean anything until you're in real life. That's when the connection happens.
let's um i want to circle back on something you, we talked about there briefly is the education piece what have you because of course we hear the same thing education 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 mm -hmm. education I'll, I'll ask the, a silly question what are people saying when they say that well i think i think ultimately what it kind of boils down to is mm -hmm. they lack confidence in communicating mm -hmm. they so know not, how to it's not technical education. It's think. not technical education, but mm -hmm. they keep thinking they need more technical education in order to be more confidently in their communications. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we offer classes and of course I'm doing some of the classes in our own salon where mm -hmm. I'm teaching them how to sell. I'm teaching them how to upsell. I'm mm -hmm. teaching them how to pre-book because right now we're, we're in a client demand issue where right. if you're not pre-booking your VIP clients and they can't get in, oh, guess who's hearing about it? Right. <laughs> yeah. The front desk. But you're also not telling them that they need to pre-book. And then of course it's conversations like this. Don't say, well, I'm getting really busy. So you need to pre-book because there's no value in you telling them you're busy. The value is let's look at the next couple of months of what you have going on. Cause I want to make sure that we get you booked in because now we need to kind of start lining it up with the holidays. I don't want you to not have an appointment on the books for the next two times with the holidays coming up. I want you to look your best. So now I'm making it about them, not about me. And they need help in those conversion conversations. But I like what you said, which is you've got to show the value in it to the client. Yeah. And I think if you're a stylist or hairdresser, esthetician, you know, whatever, right? If you can show that what you're offering, and I know Chris likes, it, likes the offers at the chair, right? It's one of the things he likes to focus on. If you can show that your offer is actually there to offer value to the guest and not to get them to do something they wouldn't otherwise do mm -hmm. or something that your boss is, you know, two chairs over listening in. And I think that's the challenge. Is that what my question is going to be? Is offering value something we're just uncomfortable with? Is it purely we just don't know the verbiage? Where, why is it such a struggle for us to offer value or speak in a way that offers clients value? Um, I, I think it's, I think it's part of that dynamic that I learned from emotional intelligence, you mm -hmm. know, cause that's really like my coaching is based on emotional intelligence training. Right. And it's, it's, it's that empathy piece. Like we really need mm -hmm. to understand that empathy piece, like what's in it for them. Um, how, you know, how can I make this conversation happen without it feeling icky salesy to me, but also value added to them mm -hmm. type of thing. And, and a lot of it is just, it is making assumptions based on the direction of the conversation that you're taking them in. Mm -hmm. And I think well, what happens is that we, we, we pull out the expertise card over mm -hmm. the empathy card. Mm -hmm. I'm an expert. You need to come back in five weeks uh, I'm busy right now. So you make sure that you get on the books for five weeks type of thing. So they pull out their expertise card right. when they could be empathetic and say, listen, you know, we've got the holidays coming up. That means that you've got two more trips in here before, you know, the holidays hit. Let's make sure that you're on the books for these times so you can look your best. When we sent you the document about you know, getting a bio and all the information we sent pre-call, one of the things you wrote on the, uh, the letter that we sent you out was emotional intelligence with the call it the post COVID world of, I don't really think we're post yet. Um, but I'll <laughs> use that language for the sake of this conversation is emotional intelligence even more important now than it used to be. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. I mean, can you see it out there in society? Mm-hmm. You know, you can see what's happening is that we're being very reactive instead of having empathy and acting, mm-hmm. you know, acting with empathy instead of being reactive. And, and, you know, like when we were talking about earlier, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, anger is my, is a very easy emotion for me to come forward. I'm very driven. I'm like, you know, got to get it done type of thing. And it shows up as a very assertive type of angry approach type of thing. And I've, and, you know, that's one of the things that I've had to learn to manage is how do I make this more value friendly for my, you know, for the, for the client, for the person that I'm handing this over to. Um, I'm going to use a word that uh, I used the other day and it just kind of hit me in in this conversation that we have, we're having right now. I think we've lost a little bit of kindness toward each other. Yeah. I think we could use a little bit more of that. I think a lot more of that. (laughs) Okay. A lot. I think a lot um, more of that. Is that and, something you can, this is going to sound silly. Is that something you can brand? Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, sure. Why not? I mean, if you mm-hmm. could brand like the gentleman that did the book, you know, happy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, certainly if you can brand happiness, you can brand kindness. Um, I, I think it's, I, I think it would be, I, I think we're going to start to see that evolution happen, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a, a, a dark transition for us mm-hmm. to be able to do that. But there's a point where we all have to be exhausted by it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was you thinking. Pe- people get, people get tired of fighting, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, and, and people don't really want to fight, you know, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's not, it's not yeah. really by nature. Yeah. yeah we're yeah. in survival mode, survival and, mode. And all that's showing up is our fight, flight and freeze, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. way of, of handling fear. You know, you, you kind of mentioning that, um, reminded me of, I feel like, I feel like that was a part of something that you taught inside of the public Mm -hmm. speaking. Okay. uh, Great. So my memory serving me right then, um, you know, oftentimes, and, and not everybody likes this style. Look, you know, we, we all have our own style and, and what I have noticed speaking to students, particularly they're quite repelled by my particular choice of style behind the chair as knowing that when, when I'm with a client, I'm somewhat of an actor. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not acting my intention. My intention is pure. I want to make sure that this person loves their hair, loves the experience, gets a miniature vacation from the world that they just walked in the doors from. Right. So in order to do that, I'm very willing to act a little bit, yeah. a little bit above where I'm at. And it's not, and it's not for everybody, but you know, you've taught people stage presence, how to tell their story. Is there some of that that still exists inside of the salon world? Like, is there still a place for that? And if so, what are, what are some tips for bringing your best self, you know, when you're with a person and you are, you know, we're experiencing all this outside <clears throat> pressure from the world. And, um, even I can't help it. Sometime I'll get sucked into a media, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, a media cyclone. And the next thing, you know, I'm like, why am I watching this video right now? You know, about something that I already know about, and I'm not going to continue. And then the next thing, you know, I'm wearing that anger. So when I'm with people professionally, I make sure to suit back up and show back up. Um, is that still a thing? What yeah, are some I- tips? 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I just did my podcast. Uh, I want to say it was last week and I, and I did it based on, you know, how to convert conversations into story. Everybody loves a story, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you convert selling retail into a story? How do you convert selling, you know, pre-booking into a story? How do you create an upgrade on that in in the moment of using a, you know, a, a deep conditioner, a serum, a higher level bleach into a story type of thing? And so, you know, and all of that, and all, and all it does is it creates connection. People like to hear stories and stories create connection and open that dialogue for conversation. Like what we're doing right now, what have we been doing? We've been storytelling, right? So a lot of that I think is a very effective approach to it. And it has that emotional intelligent foundation in it because what you're aiming for is to be able to talk to the amygdala and not the neocortex. This this is facts, this is figures, this is rational, this is data. This is, I want you to feel your best. I want you to look your best. I want you to have that mini vacation in my chair right now. I don't wanna talk about COVID. I don't wanna talk about politics. You know, I want you to, to, to realize that this is a moment where you can be free of these type of conversations. What are some ways to quiet that voice a little bit, you know, um, cause if you can do it on stage in front of people, you can do it in, you know, standing at a chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's your own little mini stage in that moment to be able to do that. And, you know, just like anything, there's a beginning, a middle and an end to it, but you, you have to plan it out. You know, I think that sometimes we just don't see that it's all a plan, you know, to be able to where you want, where you want to take this client, where you want to go with it type of thing. But I love the idea that you said that you're just kind of like up in your game a little bit from an acting standpoint. That's, you know, that makes a lot of sense because that's creating an experience for them. Not, you know, they're coming in and, and, you know, they're, they're not feeling like it's an escape or an experience in that manner, but, you know, and, and, and intimate details, I, I kind of say, you know, we're in, when you're having, you're, you're intimate with the client, you know, you're touching the client, all of those things are immediately creating that sense of connection in there. So now what, what, what matters is words, how we're speaking, how we're sharing, are we storytelling or are we, you know, gossiping? You know, are we complaining about what's going on in society or are we trying to maybe educate them a little bit about how to be able to look their best or do their hair at home or what products are going to help? You know, are we talking them out of bangs or, you know, talking them into bangs type of thing? I mean, these are these are conversations that we have. So all of it then ends up just kind of being that level of being able to have, you know, fun conversations. And, you know, and, and I, my, this is what my coach says. She's like, she's like, you know, sometimes you just got to brand Jack. You got to just take other pieces mm. of content and mm-hmm. add it into your stories. Right. So an example of that would be, you know, all my clients right now are complaining about their hair being really dry. And listen, I mean, with all the stress we've been under for the last year, it is no wonder that our hair is probably not the healthiest because we're not as healthy as we were with all the worrying that we're doing. So I'm going to recommend. So I've kind of like grouped everybody into this big group and they don't want to not be a part of this group. So whatever I'm recommending or referring at this time, they're like, oh yeah, you know what? Mine has been dry. They'll, they'll play into it. Right. Yeah. They want, be, they want to be part of it, right? They want to be part of it. Yeah. yeah. Chris's like hair is feeling kind of dry. I was <laughs> just going to do the same thing to you. 
I think Chris is hair is a little dark. He wants to be part here, of the club. Yeah. I, I was right there. I was about to go at John's hair. Like, look, you know, John's hair, he used to wear it long, but he had to get a haircut. Um, <laughs> hey, Bonnie, now feels like a really good time. You know, I, I mean, you've said I'm loving everything you're sharing right now. If I'm listening, I'm on the other end of this. I'm in the car. Hopefully I'm going to stop before I do this search, but how do we find you? How do we connect with you? If yeah, we want to know more, we want to find out more. Perfect. So I, like you guys, I do a weekly podcast as well. And all of that is on my website. So you can go to bonniebonadeo.com and that will just kind of give you the, pretty much the overview of searching, whether you want to, you know, maybe look at some coaching opportunities, check out my podcast. Um, I have lots of webinars and content on there and, you know, free items too, as well. Mm -hmm. That might be a good resource for you just to like download and check out. Um, and of course it would be the same on social media at Bonnie Bonadeo, um, coach would be more my business page. Bonnie Bonadeo is my personal one. And then the same thing for Instagram. So you have a few events coming up. I do. I do. So one of them, uh, is actually it's, it's coming up in October. So the, you know, the timeline of this working out, but you know what it is, Christopher, it's, you went to the stages program, which was a two day in real life program. And I've had so many people that have been requesting some of that to happen. And I'm just, I'm not at the point where I feel like I can pull off live events um, just yet. You know, things are sketchy and, and going back and forth. So I took the staging method that we trained people on and pulled that out. And that's the course I'm going to be doing. So it's more of a workshop, an online workshop called the staging method. And that is really kind of saying, how do I create content? Because in the end, I could say I'm a coach. I could say I'm a marketing director. I could say I'm a podcaster, but you know what I'm really doing? I'm creating content. So I, this outline is a content creator, a content marketer, and a content deliverable. It's how I build it. It's how I market it. And it's how I deliver it in this same particular outline called the staging method. So that's a workshop that I have coming up. And then what's coming up following that um, later this fall is I'm actually going to be doing a group coaching program under the SOS coaching umbrella. And we're going to talk about those five areas of sales operation, mindset, marketing, and education. And we're going to, I'm going to do some live coaching throughout this program for people so that they can get a taste of what are you concerned with? And what solutions do we have available? And of course, I think that, you know, a small group connection of that uh, brings a lot, a lot of ideas in. I don't say I'm the, I have the answer to everything, but the small groups really uh, enhance people going, oh, I never thought about that. I'll try that.